First time I prayed for the offering, I tell people there were more people praying for me that I didn't pass out than they were for their seeds. And God honors that too. So, you know, God will do what he needs to do. Um, John is in Florida and he's on his last class of his, that continuing education series that he's doing in Florida. And so he said, hey, what do you think about preaching on Sunday? And, and I don't know how I've gotten out of doing it so far. Last time somebody had to die to get me out of it. So uh, I was supposed to preach the Sunday after my sister passed away. And so I was like, well, I'm driving back from West Virginia. I'm not going to preach tomorrow. But this time nobody died, so here I am. Um, <laughs> but, it, but God is really good. And, and uh, the thing that, that's... That's just been, you know, I, I started to pray about it because he said, will you do it? And I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, thinking he's joking. And then I came back about a week later and said, were you serious? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, you know, got in my car and drove away. And on my way, <laughs> on my way to work, I say, God, you heard what he said. He's serious. So you're going to have to tell me something. And just like that, like, like the email, you know, just like that. The very next thing, I was listening to Caleb on the way to work, and the very next thing, some guy comes on and said, God just flipped my life upside down. And I'm like, that will preach. Because I know about flipping. I mean, I watch flipping shows where they flip houses all the time. I mean, that, that, I love that. And so I was like, I know how to preach that. That works. Thank you, God. Something that's in my wheelhouse. I can do this. And so, you know, I, I just got my own tool set, for goodness sake. But, uh, isn't that weird? I, t- I told John, I said, I want a tool set. I want my own tool set for Christmas. You know, the ones in the little bags. So I don't have to carry yours around and be all worried. And uh, <laughs> I don't have to worry about leaving yours or not charging it in or breaking something. I want my own tool set. And, and showed up last week. And so I said, hey, got something for you. I'm like, what? And they're like, a tool set. I'm like, Yay! tool set. And so, you know, most girls don't do that. But I was, yes, tool set for me. And so, you know, I get house flipping. And so this, this is going to be good. So, um, you know, God, and, and the reason why I felt to preach this is because um, I've learned that I'm, I'm a cheerleader. And I will stand beside you and be like, go, yes, you can do this, keep going, keep going. You know, and I see people at the front door, and John's been preaching this message of, we're a congregation of experts. A congregation of experts. And that we're going to have favor. And we're going to be put in situations that, that put us in a place beyond our, our education, beyond who we are. And for no other reason but because God said... And, and, and he's been preaching that, and I see it kind of slowly sinking in. People in that place between caught it and bought it. And, and I just felt to tell you this morning, why not you? Why not you? Why not? God has a great plan for your life. Why not you? And so, that's our message today. Um, if, I, if I do this too fast, I'll just loop around and you just nod at me knowingly until it's 9.35 and we'll say goodbye. But, uh, but, but it's going to be all right. So, uh, back, oh, I don't know, a few years ago, our kids were little. 
just barely old enough to be able to stay home by themselves. We tried the house flipping, and uh, we learned a lot. Not how to make money, but we learned a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> we learned a lot of stuff in our house flipping experience. And when we did, we didn't start with one little one that needed painting. We started with three. Because why not? You know, what? Sure, three. You know, nothing is impossible. So we got three houses, and they were in different states of existence. Actually, there were four. And, and, and it was like, if you're going to write a book about house flipping, like, it, it could be a picture book. Like, one was land. One was crazy mess. <laughs> like, there was, like, animal let droppings everywhere. Some walls were built. Some things were done right. A lot of things were not done right. One was, like, half done. Like, a little flip book, you know. Oh, look, here's land. Oh, here's a house with just sticks. Oh, here. And it was like one was half done, and then one was almost done. So in our lives, some of you will be in the, hey, we're almost done. We just got to cut off some edges, you know, replace some tile, put some, some nice uh, ceramic tile down, place linoleum, maybe, you know, touch up the baseboards. Some of you are in that place. Some of you are in the place where you're like, eh, kind of halfway there. God's doing some good stuff. Some of you like sticks. You know, there's like two by fours and animal droppings and, you know, <laughs> some of you are just land. We just got here. <laughs> I don't know. But, but we're, we're all in different places. So wherever you are, God is taking you from glory to glory and he wants to flip what you have and make it even better. Make it even better. You know, when, when my kids were growing up, I would be like, they were really good kids. They did a lot of great things. And I would, I would, I would like, you know, tweak them. <laughs> and they were like, gosh, we're, you know, we could be like so-and-so. I'm like, yeah, but why not be awesome? Like, you're great. Why not be awesome? So we're going to tweak this a little bit. And we're going to, you know. So God may be telling you today, you might be saying, well, I thought we were done. <laughs> Why aren't we done? I'm tired of this. Well, God's going to take what your greatness is, and he's going to make it his awesome. And, 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 it's, and it's a progressive thing, and it's going from glory to glory. So wherever you are today, just receive the word that God has for you, because he wants to flip your life and make it something awesome. It starts with acquisition. When, you can't flip a house that you don't own. They won't let you. It's against the law. <laughs> you, you go in and try to fix up somebody's house that's not yours, you might have a problem. And, uh, but when you go to look for a house, you go in and you look and you, and you hunt and you, you, know, you, you try to find the one that's right for you and the one that's going to work and the one that's going to make you, hopefully, the most money. I mean, that's what you do in natural. But God, he has a different plan. Since the day you came on the market, he's been after you. He's been seeking you. That, that word that Kelly gave just really like ignited something on the inside of me. Uh, that that it's, it's God relentlessly pursuing us every day. And, and, and we get up and we think, wow, we're doing a great job pursuing God. But every single day since you came on the market, He's been trying to get you. He's been after you. He's been wanting the best for you. He's been wanting the most 
for you. And some examples of that pursuit, you know, it, he, because he's, he's smitten with you. He is head over heels in love with you and who you could be. And even if you don't even know him, he's head over heels in love with you. You know, John's in Florida, and, and every time he goes away, you know, I, I wish I was, that person said, whew, a few days by myself. I mean, my heart hurts when he goes out of town. It's like, I'm so sad without you here, buddy. <laughs> he called last night, and I was like, I gotta go. Just hang up. I'm sad. No, I can't be sad and do this, so you're gonna have to hang up. But but that's the way God is. I mean, like, when we're not with him, when we're not around him, he is, his heart is just sad for us. He wants to have that relationship with us so badly. He's smitten with you. He can't stop thinking about you. He can't take his mind off of who you are. That's how much he's pursuing you. Okay, so here's some examples in his words. It said, but God demonstrated in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. First John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. John 15, 16, you, don't, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Lamentations 3.22, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy never ceases. You know, we're at our best when we're seeking God. Think about it. When you seek God, your life just goes, oh. When you seek God, that's when we're at our best. But even when we were at our very worst, listen, it says, we find... um, when we were at our very worst, when we rejected God the most, God showed us his strongest and best love. When Jesus was on the cross, we had done everything we could to say, we don't want you. We don't want what you have. This is what he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Even when we were at our worst, he was pursuing us the most. He wants your life. He wants that relationship. That's the acquisition. Now, when we buy a house, we say, well, if you could fix this, 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 and this, we'll take it. That's not what God says. He says, I'll take you as you are. I know what I'm getting, and we can, we can work with this. I see potential here. I'll take it. No matter what it is, no matter what state it's in, I'll take it. And so that's the acquisition. Then, all right, so then you know what happens next. If you've ever watched a flipping show, they hand a sledgehammer to that tiny little girl, and she picks it up and is like, Wee! you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, she tears down that wall, and they start tearing down walls and ripping things out and smashing up the cupboard, cupboards, and woo, and they strip it down to nothing, and you can almost watch, you can almost guarantee, they start ripping it down, and then they find something, and their little happy faces just go, What is that? Why is it there? And what were they? Who did that? And, and, and because that's the reality of demolition. Demolition is made to expose things that aren't right. To get rid of the things that they don't want and expose it. And, and the newbies are just like. 
And you, and there's always a little guy there that knows what he's doing. He's like, it's okay. Just a few dollars. We're going to fix this. And they're like, it's going to cost how many dollars? And they're like, it's okay. We're going to fix it. It's going to be okay. And, and you know, and, and, and they walk them through the process. And, and we're a lot the same way. When we come to salvation, we're like, yes, Lord. Take all of this. All this mess. And then we look around and we're like, wow, this really is a mess. <laughs> Whew, look at all this. What are we gonna, and you're like, mm, no, shove that back in. You know, but we, we expose what we really are at that moment because we know what we really are. And if we'll, but that's the, that is the key, the hardest step, but that's the key step to moving forward to this flipping process is being vulnerable enough to say, huge mess. God, this is all I have to offer you. Why would you give yourself for this? I, I, don't, I don't deserve any of that. There's nothing that here of value. We get down to that place where we feel so broken and empty that we look at it and we say, you know, and, and that's even if we're going from, from a place that we think is good, when we see that next thing that's great, we think, wow, I am not, I am not worthy of that. I, I, I can't do that. Look at, this. are you looking at this? Because... He says, it's okay. And, and in the whole process, he's right there with us. I mean, we, we look at it and we're like, this is, this is insurmountable. You know, we'll pull out all of our, you know, when they, when, they, when they get all the demolition done, they look at everything and they're like, there's no next step. There's no coming back from this. We're done. Sell the house. We're out. You know, get what you can and run. But, but God does that. And, and, and if we can be vulnerable enough in that place to let God come in and do a work, then we get to fix the things that are undone. But we have to make the, See, God's, God's, God's a gentleman. You can be saved and go through this world holding all of your hurts, holding all of your pain, holding all of your stuff, you can, and, and, and putting on a, a church face and putting on a home face and putting on a work face and putting on a uh, in-the-world face, and you can still be saved. You can still go through the life, but miserable because None of that works. You can, you, can, you can paint mold every other week. And for about a, a week or about 10 days, you won't see it. But you're going to have to paint it again. Until you rip it out and clean it out, you're going to have to just keep painting it. Spraying bleach on it, hoping it goes away until you rip it out and clean it up, it's still going to be there. So, in the demolition process, stay open to what God has for you. 
and he promises he'll be there with you. It says, um, uh, it says in Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In Psalm 34, 17 through 18, it says, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. See, we have to let those barriers down because not only do the barriers, the things that we've put up, and this is, this is, this is where we say, you know what, I can fix this. Just watch me. And, and, and this is when, you know, they break down the walls and, people, and the contractor goes, huh. I wonder what they were thinking when they did that. You know, and this is us going, I can fix this. This is, God wants to come in and fix our shoddy workmanship. Our, our temporary barriers that went up and said, I can't let you in because this hurts too badly. But what we do when we keep those barriers up, we not only keep people from hurting us, but we keep love out too. Because it's the love of God that washes in and takes over and and cleans out everything to the point that we're going to be okay. But we have to be vulnerable. We have to let God do it. Now, uh, so once we get to this place, we can correct the wrongs. Once we've cleaned everything out, once we've let God do his work, then we can correct the wrongs. He wants to come in and he wants to fix the things that were done wrong. He wants to fix the neglect. He wants to fix the abuse that happened in your life. He wants to prepare you for what is coming next. So you can't, it says that you have to build your foundation on the rock so that your house won't crumble. And when we leave things a hot mess on the inside, then, then we have no foundation to stand on. And, and so God wants us to be ready to be transformed. Now, in this process, we have to begin to see ourselves differently. We have to begin to look at ourselves differently. And in Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the good, what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect plan. And 2 Corinthians says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. See, we've been transformed from one kingdom into another. Our rules are totally different. The way we see ourselves, the way we look at ourselves, all those things are different now. And, and that's if you're going from glory to glory, if you're going from good to great, if you're going from what a mess to I can, I can, I can wake up today. Today's a good day to get out of bed. At whatever state you're in, God is there and he, you're new because of what's in you. Not because what you've done, not because what you deserve, but because what's in you. And you were designed with that in mind. You have to, you have to begin to see that first. See, we've cleaned everything out. We've, we're ready for new drywall. We're ready for new cabinets. We're ready for new stuff. So you have to begin to see the plan that God has for you. And that takes just sitting in his presence. That takes being in a place where he can talk. That takes immersing yourself in him. First rule of flipping, if it's your flip, be there. 
You have to be present every day. You have to be in a place where you are immersing yourself in what God has for you. You know, if you're tired of falling down in those same places, begin to immerse yourself in the things of God. It takes being in the Word. It takes listening to to teaching. It takes sitting in worship. It takes having those moments to let God speak into your life that you begin to see something different. It's not about what you used to be. It's about who you're going to be. God saved you from who you used to be. His strength, his deliverance, his power, those were all there when you got saved. That was all there when you got cleaned up. But that same delivering power is there for what lies ahead of you. See, we're in between caught it and bought it. And I want you to buy it. I want you to buy that plan that God has for you. I want you to jump in with both feet and start running because that's what he wants for you. Think about it. If your kids came to you and, and, and as they grow up, what do you tell them all the time? When they come to you, yes, you can be that. Yes, you can do that. Yes, I will help you. Yes, we will do that for you. You would move heaven and earth to see your kids get to see their dreams come true. And God loves us more than that. There's a plan and a purpose. There's a dream that he has for your, that, that's been placed in your life. There's something on the inside of you that just yearns to come out. Why not you? Why not you? Why can't you be that? Why can't you see that in your life? Here, and, and here's what the word has to say about it. You were, designed, you were designed for great things with a great plan and a great craftsman. I mean, this isn't like me going and saying, yeah, I can make a bench. Let's see what happens. You know, <laughs> you know when it comes to stuff like that, I, I get help. I get help. Because I can, I can think something up. I can make you a pretty picture. But I can't make it stand. God can. God knows. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. He knows all about you. It says in, in Jeremiah 1, 5, Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nations. That's what I had in mind for you. God knows what he wants. There's a plan, and it says that the plans of God are without repentance. Meaning no matter how many times you walk away, meaning no matter how many times you said, "Mm, not today, Lord. They're still attached to you. There's still a dream for you. There's still a, hey, look what I'm going to do for you. That's still there. It still exists. A, A congregation of experts with favor beyond you, with opportunities that are greater than what you could think of. That's what God does. He exceeds 
what we think. And we, in Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like sons so that the son would be the firstborn among the among his brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Philippians three thirteen through 14. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and I love the way this version says it, and straining forward. Straining forward to what lies ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. He's already done it for us. We just have to be transformed into what he already prepared. 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You know, I remember a show, do you remember uh, Extreme Home Makeovers? And they stand there like, move that bus! And you're like, and they move the bus and the people just stand there and they just weep. And they cry because it exceeds everything that they could think. There's not one time that they said, I really liked that bathroom before. <laughs> With the mold and the, and the potty that you have to go in the sink and fill the thing and pour it. Could you put that back? I kind of miss it. <laughs> you know, because what they have now exceeds their expectations so much that they can't even remember what it looked like before. They have to show you the before and after pictures by the time they're done because it looks so different. That's what your life is supposed to be. So different that you don't even recognize it. And it's not supposed to be this this quick fix thing. God wants to flood you with his love, with his power, with his strength to the point where you possess You're a carrier of the presence of God to flood you. To flood you with life. Why not you? When Solomon finished the temple, the presence, he said, he made a place for the Spirit of God to dwell. He made a home. And when he said, Lord, we've done this for you. Here's a place for you to dwell. And when he did, the Spirit of God consumed what they gave him. And it filled it, and it took capacity to overflowing to a point that they couldn't stand. See, that's what God wants for your life, to be so full of life, to be so full of joy, to be so full of his presence 
that it overwhelms you. That you're consumed. He's compelling you today to buy into that plan. Why not you? Why not you? That thing that you see, that thing that you dream, that thing when you close your eyes that, that, that brings your heart to its knees. Why not you? I remember one time I was running um, that summer that we did the walking running at the park. And I was there with, uh, with April Egan. And I remember she was like, I see myself. I've always wanted to be athletic. I've always wanted to be that person. And she was running with me, and she wanted to stop. (laughs) And, of course, that's not my gig. No, we don't need to stop. We can just keep going. And and I just looked at her like, and, and I just said, why not you? Why can't that be you? Because I could tell in her mind she'd given up. I could tell in her mind she, she couldn't go from what she was to what she wanted to be. From what she saw herself being, she couldn't make the transition. It was just not possible. Not in what she saw. And so we just ran along. And I just kept telling her, why not you? Why not you? And she said, it brought me to a place where I had to look at, it, bring, it brought me face to face with the things that I was believing that were lies. So today I'm asking you, what are you believing that's not true? What is stopping you today from being the expert that God made you to be? What is stopping you today from living that life that says, this is good. God made this and this is good. What's stopping you today from having that peace? What's stopping you from today from being that person in business that, that just exceeds what everybody thought you could be because you're not supposed to be that. You're not supposed to have the success. You're not, because of what you've done, you're not supposed to be this happy. You're not supposed to have this ability, but you do. Because God said you can. Why not you? You all possess that thing on the inside of you. That's God-given. Why not you? We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. 
Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.